Okay, hopefully you got an outline. We have outlines back there. I'm not sure if anybody's passed those out at all, but we have them. And uh, and and if there's a date, if you see the ninth on there, it's simply because it was updated. It was it's simply because I did not take ninth and make it sixteenth. So <laughs> my I was so consumed with my printer, and my printer didn't want to work last night. We had all that stormy weather, and so it knocked out our system. My computer was it actually once I got it up and going, it was working pretty good. But the printer didn't want to work. So you know all this technical stuff that doesn't want to work after uh, the power goes out, flickers out, off and on, and things like that. It's just par for the course. It's going to happen. Uh, anyways, Murphy's Law. But I think Murphy and his brothers were there. So anyways, they were helping out. Yeah, I mean, just it's a family event. Uh, but the Lord got us through that, and you'll you'll get through it too. Uh, John, uh, we'll go to Second um, John. Is where we're going to. Second John. We're talking about we're finishing up on rooted in Christ's truth, and uh, in Second John, uh, verse one. Actually, there's only one chapter in the whole book there particular book but we see here the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not only I but also all they that have known the truth and the truth and the truth sake for the truth sake excuse me which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever Amen. grace be with you mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ the son, son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of, my, of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after the commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are in entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lo uh, lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come unto you and bring not the do this doctrine, receive him not into your home. Neither bid him God speed. For he, hath, uh, he that, bideth, he that abide, abideth him, God's, God's speed, is partaker of his evil deeds. In verse 12, we see here, having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. And so what a wonderful scripture here we see here in, the, in relationship to uh, being fruit rooted in the truth of God's word. And so important that we keep the doctrine. Don't let people tell you the doctrine is not important. What you believe is not important. Don't just believe every little whim that comes along. Uh, I think that uh, we, can be, we can be in trouble if we're willing to listen to that which is, we know is wrong because we think there might be some benefit in something somebody is saying. 
we know somebody's off, we need to turn it off and, and get where uh, the truth is being preached. And we see here, uh, uh, we see, we talked about last week, we talked about our relationship to the truth. And uh, from the on, outset of this letter, John shares the foundation of his relationship to the elect lady. So we understand that, um, we understand that this is a place perhaps that uh, a lady that had uh, given her place to uh, hold. And we know that a lot of places, a lot of churches were in houses. They were, uh, people would say, hey, we can have a church meeting in our house. And so a lot of these churches started out in the home. And that's what really does happen, and we find that that would happen over and over again. So uh, <coughs> we think about how, we think about the things that, uh, we talked about it is our bond. We talked last week about the bond that we have. Some of us, we talked, we could be talking about food. We talked about food last week and, and the bond that we have, and we may, have a, we may like the, some of the same things. You may like eating at uh, Chick-fil-A. I know uh, Logan. He, he works there, and uh, and uh, and he uh, he gets the discount. He gets whatever discount they give him. They give him a big discount when he's working, or whatever. Or he goes to his store. He goes to his store. He can get a big discount. So keep that in mind, right? So, uh, but he gets a big discount, and uh, so he orders it up, and he orders it all. And he's not just going to order a little, but he can order a lot. You know, he can have ice cream, all the other stuff. And so, but he 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 works at Chick Fil A. So we, if you like Chick Fil A, we have something in common. If you like uh, if you like uh, Krispy Kreme, you have something in common with some people that like Krispy Kreme. And so we have something in common. So we talked about that, but we understand the uh, our bond and truth of the Word of God. We think about that bond that we have together in the fact that we're Christians. First of all, we know him as Savior, and we know his Word. And so we fellowship around his Word. Sometimes we fellowship around the food and different things, but we feast on his word. There, uh, we understand that there, are, there should be two chords we talked about in the bond of truth, love and discernment, love and discernment. Today, a lot of people uh, have the wrong kind of love or it's not a consistent love. We also see that a lot of people today lack discernment. They need to have discernment. And so we certainly need to have discernment in our lives. We think about love that is based in truth is more solid than the emotional come-and-go love which abounds around us. Truth-based love creates a deep spiritual bond. This is the kind of love that we have to have, uh, have for fellow Christians. It is also the love God has given us, a firmly fixed love not dependent upon our performance. His love for us is based on truth, and he is love. And so, uh, you know, we understand that when, when we're truly saved, we're not getting to heaven by our works. We're getting to heaven by what Jesus did on the cross. It's 100% of what Jesus did on the cross for us to be saved. And we keep that. We understand that. And that doesn't change. God doesn't change. Praise the Lord. 1 John 4.10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And so we talked last week about the fact that propitiation is a covering. It's a covering of our sins. It completely covers our sins. We have a God that loves us. And he extends that love towards us. He's redeemed us. He's redeeming us. His desire is to redeem the world. And so we understand that uh, we think about in addition to love, our bond of truth should have the court of discernment. Discernment is safeguards the truth. And that is why God does not call us to an indiscriminate bond of love. So Philippians 1.9, we talked last week, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more to the knowledge and in all judgment. In verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, how do you approve things? You prove things from God's word. In the light of God's word, how does it line up? 
is not within our philosophy or how we think. Well, I think it's this way. We don't. What does the word of God say? And so we, uh, we have true discernment, the right kind of discernment when we use his word. And that discernment is also used in, in when, we, we, when we consider ourselves uh, as, a, as a person really truly saved. You know, sometimes you hear a lot of different stories. A lot of people say, oh, I'm saved. Oh, I know, oh, I know Jesus is my Savior. Well, you get the testimony and go, oh, that's not quite right. That's not according to God's word. This is, this is what you need to do to be saved according to God's word. Now, this is important. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible talks about how we need the day is the day is the day of salvation, but we also need to uh, we need to uh, be very careful with salvation that we know that we we've done according to God's word. Okay, that you're saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. You've accepted Him as your Savior. That gift of eternal life is yours, and it's not you have not brought anything to the table for it. He does it all, but you accept it, and so that's a great thing. So we need to uh, we need to understand that. He's in control. We need to have discernment today. People are falling left and right because they, have, they lack discernment. So we are to approve that which is excellent. Our love should bound, uh, abound with knowledge and judgment, discernment. God calls us to have doctrinal discernment, which is discernment in the truth. While others may uh, share a bond founded in their liking of a particular hobby, diet, or culture idea, we are bound together in a New Testament Baptist church. In the doctrines that we have, it's the glue that holds us together. And so uh, Acts 2.42, we saw that last week, and they continued steadfastly in the uh, apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So when a bond is based on everything other than the doctrinal truth of God's word, it is weak, temporal, and uh, a temporal bond. It's not going to hold up. And while we can have diversity in the areas of, uh, in the areas of culture, circumstances, hobbies, or preferences, there can be no diversity in, in truth. God's truth is singular, supreme, and right, and it is our common bond. And, of course, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the truth, and way, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we understand that uh, we talked about that last week. It is our strength. Uh, we understand that we see that uh, it, it is our strength. The word's truth is uh, it's a strength in our life. Now, if you do, do not allow it to be a part of your life, it's not going to be your strength. You're going to go back. You're going to relate back to what you uh, naturally would go to, and that's the world. That's the flesh. You go back to the flesh. You need to die to the flesh, and you need to live in the spirit, and you need to get in God's word. You need to saturate yourself in God's word. We're saturated with whatever we hear out there, whatever is out there. You turn on the radio, whatever you're listening to. You're saturated by all the different things, the TV. You turn on the TV and the news, things like that. You're saturated by the world. But you understand that God's word changes that. If we're Christians, we need to soak it up. We need to allow it to be a part of our lives every day, and it needs it needs to have a life-changing thing. And it's our strength. So, uh, we understand that it is our strength today. We need people that are strengthened in God's word. And uh, we see um, we see here and um, <clears throat> we see that here in the passage here that there's a uh, great need for people in verse two of our text, John. Uh, second epistle of John, verse 2, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Amen. Now, how strong is it dwelling in us? It's up to you. You get into God's word. You absorb it. You chew on it. You meditate upon it. It changes you or you don't change it. And it becomes what it needs to be. And so dwelleth is from the Greek word mimo, and it means to remain, abide. The truth that we, we embrace doesn't leave us. It is our strength. And so I think that a lot of Christians today, they're not very strong. They're weak. Many Christians are weak. 
And we see how we talked about how the fact that God doesn't change. Malachi 3, 6, we talked about that last week. For I am the Lord, I change not. He's the same today and forever. So he's a God that doesn't change. What changes, what changes so often is us. We change. And we don't allow God's grace to work in our lives. And so we talked about also our responsibility with the truth. We have a responsibility. The most important knowledge of life is knowing Christ. That knowledge brings us threefold responsibility. We need to walk. We talked about how we need to walk. And uh, just as every parent finds no greater joy than in the knowledge that his, her, his or her children walk in truth, John experiences great joy when he sees the elect lady, wa children walking in truth. The different, uh, the, uh, they didn't only believe truth, they walked in it. They walked in it. It's, it's not enough just to believe it. You need to walk in it. You need to prove it out in your life. You know, we can look at the promises of God all day long, but if you don't take hold on them, they're not going to do you any good. Amen. Starting with the promise of salvation. Starting with, and then moving on with giving and different things that we do in our lives, that's part of the makeup of a Christian. A well-balanced Christian. A Christian that has got God's blessing in our lives. We need God's blessing in our lives. So we need to walk in them. And so uh, we understand that uh, this was undoubtedly a result of learning the truths of the doctrine of the doctrines of Christ, rehearsing those truths, and then applying them to their lives. The truth uh, that had been delivered to those people were being uh, believed and lived in his in in his home. Walking in the truth uh, implies, or truth implies, more than a Sunday morning relationship. We talked about that last week. It is something you take on day by day. You don't leave out. We come to church. We become real. We become real religious. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get a lot of Bible and a lot of preaching, and we're in the Bible. We're, we they, uh, the God's got our attention on Sunday, but didn't come Monday. God loses our attention. Why is that? Come Tuesday, God, and this is where the weakness of the church is the fact that this isn't a uh, this isn't a one day issue or a two day issue. We need to do it every day. We need to have a relationship every day. It needs to be urgent. It needs to be passionate. It needs to be a part of our life. It's the essence of life. And so when we have that, God goes, "Okay, I can bless you. I can bring some other things in your life that I can I can bless you." When we're God, you know, we need to be where God can bless us. Is what I'm saying here. We need to walk in them. We also see what I talked about last week. We talked about read the word of God. We talked about re to read the word of God, get into God's word, Deuteronomy 17, 18 through 19. And it, shall be when, uh, and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, to keep all the words of the law and to uh, and these statutes to do them. So for a king, it was important for them to have the word of God before them and to follow it and allow that to be written. And from there, you have the fear of God. Where's the fear of God come from? All of a sudden, we think that the fear of God that should be in our lives, if it's in our lives, then we have, we're, we're, where we're, we're going to be at a place where God can bless us if we have the fear of God. Now, the Bible talks about this fear. This fear comes from knowing God through his word. As we get to know God through his word, we have a fear of knowing who he is. We have reverence and respect for God that God intended us to have. But that doesn't come, come unless we get into God's word. That means, yeah, you have to start feeding yourself. Start having to get the, get, you know, you have to start feeding your, you ever had kids and they grow up and you have to feed them, you know. 
you have to get the Cheerios out on the, on the little thing and you're feeding them and, and you, got the, the, you got the little baby stuff and you're feeding that. You ever ate some of that baby food? Oh, that's disgusting. I don't know how they eat it, but I'm like, oh, we have to a lot of times mix it with a little bit of uh, uh, applesauce, you know, and get it. Okay, here it comes. And you're, you're, you're acting like a mime. You're just coming in for a landing. And you got to get creative with it. Uh, but we understand that uh, there comes a time when that baby's going to have to fend for themselves. They're going to have to eat for themselves. And they start enjoying that. And they start growing. And they eat what they need. And it's a blessing. And so God's, we need to get used to God's pantry. Amen? Of God's word. And we're the pantry. We're the, we're, we're he, we're, we're, we're the things that we need ha, are. And then we open that pantry, we make use of that. And we get feeding ourselves. And so that's important for us to get into God's word. And we'll enjoy it if we get to it. But the devil will do all he can to keep you from going there. Oh, you don't need to. You, you, can't, you, know, you, just, you get what you get with on Sunday. You'll be okay. You don't need to open your Bible. Don't you feel a little bit tired this morning? You don't need to wake up early and read God's word and pray. But we miss out. We miss out. We don't grow like we ought to. And we're anemic. And uh, so it's not a good thing. We go on a spiritual fast, don't we? Is that what we're called? How about if we went on a, a phys- uh, food fast? Oh, boy. I don't know if I can go with that. But we go on a spiritual fast. And that's not good. Uh, so we need to get in God's word. Also, we need to study the word of God. Second uh, Timothy 2.15, we talked about study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the more, the more you're in God's word, you will understand that it will help you to understand other parts of the word of God. And there are parts of the word of God that it'll take time for you to understand. And when we get to heaven, we're going to understand all of it, I believe. Uh, and so God will allow, and, and he wants us to grow. He wants us to get into God's word and get nuggets of God's word and walk with him. And so we understand that we would uh, uh, allow ourselves to grow. So we also, we cut off here last week when we talked about the memorized we didn't get into this, memorize the word of God. We need to memorize the word of God. And this may be difficult for us adults. I don't know about you, but I don't memorize as well as uh, I used to when I was a kid. I used to kid, when I was a kid, I could memorize stuff. And, and I get to be an adult, I have other things in my mind. It's harder to memorize, but I do do it. I do do it. I do memorize God's word, and we need, we, I, I can memorize things. And so Psalms 119, verse 11, look at, the, uh, look at this verse here. It says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against how is it that we're not going we're gonna, we're to sin against him? We're going to have God's word in our heart. How does that happen? We memorize the word of God. Memorize it. It'll do a great thing. It'll, it'll, it'll run its course in our lives. We chew on it. And a lot of times we can, uh, I think in the past I have written on three by five cards and written uh, the verse, and I write the, the, the verse itself, and then I write it again, and I'll go through that. A lot of times you can, you can say it 25 times the first day, the second day you say it 20 times, the third day 20, 15 times, 10 times. You know the drill. You get about five days out, you're going down to five times, then you say it every day for, uh, every day for, uh, uh, for a week or something like that. But you, you do that, and you, you start memorizing this word of God. You start bathing in the word of God. You allow the word of God to saturate your mind and, and your life. And you invite God to come in your, heart, in your life and to make use of that scripture that you're memorizing. And it's a powerful thing. The word of God is powerful. So uh, we understand that, uh, number four, pray for an understanding of the word of God. Psalms 119, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. It should be our prayer. And many of us, we, we live busy lives, but we need to remember, God, show me some things. Help me, Lord, to get some wondrous things. I know they're there. Help me, Lord, to see them. Open my eyes. 
we see that even the psalmist didn't understand all the scripture. He asked the Lord to open his eyes to, so he could see what God wanted him to know about the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2.10, 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Isn't that nice? So we understand that the, word, the Spirit of God expressly directs us and guides us and helps us to understand things. And so he opens those things. He illuminates those things. What a wonderful thing that is. And so uh, we understand that we need to have that happen within our lives. The deep things. The Holy Spirit is the illuminator of, and teacher of the, God's word. It is, it is his nature to teach us God's word. It, and it is a privilege to be able to ask him to teach us when we don't understand. He wants to give us understanding. Understand. So John 14, 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And so we see the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. It's an incredible relationship if you think about it, how God works. And he doesn't just let us be. And he doesn't, we're not on our own. No, we have the Holy Spirit within our lives. And he's directing us. And we need to turn to him. And we need to allow him to do some things within our lives. We see, we all see number five, uh, apply the word of God. Apply it. You know, it doesn't do you any good if you have something, let's say you have a rash on your arm or you have a, let's say you have a, a cut on your arm and you don't apply anything to it. But if you have something the doctor's given you and, and, and they've told you to apply that and it'll get better, if you apply it one time and that's, oh, it's good, I don't need to apply it the rest of the five days, uh, the next five days, and it, does, it goes south, you have only yourself to blame for that if you didn't follow through on the doctors, what the doctor told you to do. But we understand that according to God's word, we need to apply God's word to our life. It doesn't do us any good if we have God's word before us and we don't apply the sob or we don't apply it to our lives. It doesn't do us any good. We're admirers, of, we're admirers of his word, but we don't live it. We don't walk it. We don't breathe it. It needs to be applied to our, our lives. The application of God's word is how it is uh, fleshed or it is fleshed out. Uh, or lived out, let's say, in our li in our daily lives. It is what we do with what we uh, with, with what we learn in the here and now. The desired and end result of hearing truth is living truth, living that truth. James one twenty two says this. We're familiar with this verse. Uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So the Bible here is telling us that when we, uh, we're deceiving ourselves when we hear the word of God and we're Christians and we don't do anything with it. And it is probably very feasible that the Holy Spirit's going, do something with this, do this. And he's showing us and we don't have the time or we don't listen or whatever it is. Uh, we do not do what the Spirit of God tells us to do. And so we deceive ourselves. Oh, I really don't need that. So imagine that. A lot of times the, we can blame the devil. The devil made me do it. Ever heard somebody say that? The devil made me do that. Remember, even in the garden, it was the devil that didn't make her do it, but deceived her, right? But we deceive our own selves. We blame the devil for all this other stuff, and yet we're deceiving our own selves. Imagine that. And so we need to just apply the word of God. A lot of the word of God be a part of our lives. Our first responsibility uh, to the truth is personally to walk in it. To do this, we read it, study it, memorize it, pray for the Holy Spirit to give us understanding and apply it. But our responsibility to the truth doesn't end here. We also have the privilege and obligation to share it with others. We have the obligation 
and privilege. It is a privilege. Some of us say, oh, I don't know about the privilege part there, but yeah, it is a privilege. The angels aren't doing it, by the way. Uh, they're probably, you know, they're looking at us. This is, our, this is our time to share the gospel and to do it. We also see B, to, to, we need to witness. We need to witness. In verse 5 through 6 of our text here, we see that, um, we see, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write, uh, wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which is that, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after the commandments. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. So we need to understand as we walk in it, we need to understand that we need to witness to other people, tell them what we, what we know, what God has done in our lives. Has done? Has God done something in your life? Has He saved you? You need to. You need to. Try, you need to communicate that. John uh, thirteen thirty four says this. John thirteen thirty four says, "A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have, or as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another." Christians have rooted in truth can be seen in our actions. It is seen when we live in harmony with our spouse, when we help someone go, uh, who's going through a hard time financially, and even when we forgive someone who pulls out in front of us in the church parking lot. It's a, it's, it is time for when we listen to someone's heart, uh, someone's heart when we forgive, uh, forgive a teacher who mistreats our child, or when we invite a new church member over to our home. We, uh, if we preach truth through our words, but do not witness to the truth through lives that we are motivated by love and truth is not uh, desirable to the world. We understand that the world looks at our lives sometimes and it, our life may not be all that desirable to the world because we don't have that love that God wants to have in our lives. We don't have that love that God has for us. Love founded in truth doesn't look like the emotional type of love. The world knows. That's part of the reason it is so appealing to the world. It's strong and enduring. Uh, truth, uh, truth's love always stems from the obedience to Christ. If you truly love me, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna follow, you're gonna follow Him. We walk in truth. We witness for the truth, and finally, we warn concerning error. We need to warn. The word deceivers in verse seven of our text is from the Greek word planos, meaning misleading. Leading into error or vagabond, tramp, imposter, corrupter, God warns us against uh, being deceived by these false teachers. And so uh, they themselves are deceived by the chief deceiver of all, we understand. There's many deceivers. There's deceivers who, are, who follow through television, radio, or internet for those who challenge, distort, and deny the truth. And so they're being deceived, and they're, they have, they're, being, they're following a greater deceiver. If we are not weary of false teachers, our roots in truth will be destroyed and will be uprooted spiritually. Not a good place to be. Uh, Bernard Kipp uh, Leggett, in a world-class world runner, formerly from Kenya, during the 2000 Sydney Olympics, he was asked by an interviewer how his country was able to produce so many great runners. Momentarily, Lagat uh, contemplated the African strategy for motivation, motivating success in running. With quick wit, he replied, It's the road signs. Beware of the lions. 
As Christians, we have we understand that it's lions. The road signs. Well, you, I don't know if they have road signs or a lion king here or whatever. <laughs> but watch out for the lions. I guess you have to run fast sometimes to get away. <laughs> but as Christians, we have a race to run. This is the truth that keeps us in the competition. The Bible warns us to beware of lions. The deceiver whose goal is to cause us to leave the track of truth to our own destruction. We're on the track. If you're living for Christ, you're on the track, running for God. You're in a race. The devil's trying to do his best to get you off that race. 1 Peter 5.8, listen to this verse. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom may whom he may devour. Okay? He wants to just totally devour you. And so we as Christians, we understand we have our own little sign. The Bible tells us the sign, beware of lions, but the kind of lion is the devil. So we got to be careful. Even in the first century, there were deceivers who taught that Jesus Christ hadn't come in the flesh, that he was not the Son of God. We have many teachers today whose doctrine is uh, obviously false. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus Christ is not the eternal God, that he was less than the Father and not an equal part of the Trinity. Mormons uh, teach that Jesus Christ was a man who became God. Muslims deny that God ever had a, any son. They say that Jesus is not the Son of God. Many other religions and sects deny the deity of Christ. As it was in the first century, so it is today. Many deny that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. The tragedy today, however, is that we are so far removed from the truth that many people believe that all religions are pretty much the same. With many of those who deny Christ's deity uh, still claiming they believe in God and calling themselves Christians. God calls the deception the central question. We must ask to discern someone's position as as it relates to truths are so who do we believe jesus christ is who is jesus christ who do we believe jesus christ is remember peter who is jesus christ who am i who am i and those disciples had to figure it out oh, who is this this is the this where are we going to go you're it you're the son of god you're the very son of god and so do we believe that jesus christ is the eternal uh, son of god who came to this earth, who, born, who was born of a virgin, took on the form of a man, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and shed his blood for our sin, and rose again the third day as the Son of God. Do we believe that? We need, to, I mean, we need to make up our minds. Do we believe that? We need to know what we believe. The answer to these basic questions, uh, questions will prove the uh, truth or deception of the teacher in question. If the answer is no, don't believe that about Jesus Christ. He is a false teacher. God's word labels him much more strongly than we, we, we likely would. In Antichrist, anti means against. Those who teach that Jesus is not God in the flesh are against Christ. They are against the Christ we worship, opposing him on every way. While they may uh, say they love God, they deny him by rejecting his son. And, there, and there's a lot of God-haters out there. They, don't, they, they hate God. Hate God. John, 1 John 2 23 says, Whosoever does denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. And so, uh, as John wrote to the elect lady who, is, who was given to hospitality and uh, may not have always been discerning about false teachers, he warned uh, her to give diligent attention to the truth, lest 
she become uprooted in her understanding of truth. Galatians 3.1 says this. Galatians 3.1 says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So we see these Galatians had started well, believing the truth that salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ and not through obedience to the law, but they had foolishly turned back to the law. Paul warned them that they were being deceived. Just as Paul warned the Galatians against turning from the truth that they, truth that they had known, John challenged the elect lady to look to herself that she not slip away from the truth she had received. The same challenge is for us today. We have a legacy of truth that has been handed to us through God's word. And through the church, it is a heritage that, uh, that men of God throughout history have preached and taught and defended. Often it costs their lives. The truth is worth clinging to. So we need to cling to the truth. And watch out for the error. Also, we see number three, the, our reward in the truth. Our relationship with one another and with the Lord is rooted in truth. We have responsibility, responsibility to walk in truth, but there's more. We personally benefit from the truth. And uh, letter A, we have an eternal relationship. Only believers have the reward of eternal relationship with God. Unbelievers cannot know God. Transgresseth is, we see that in verse 9 of our text, Verse 9 of Second uh, John, it says, Whatsoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He, hath, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So we see that we have an eternal relationship. Our believers uh, have the reward in an eternal relationship with God. Unbelievers do not. We see that transgr transgresseth is from the Greek word parabeno, which means to go by side of or overstep, neglect, violate, transgress, to depart. Transgress. Abideth is from the Greek word mino, who uh, we have already seen the Greek word in verse 2, which means to remain and abide. The truth from the, this verse is evident. If someone doesn't abide in the doctrine of Christ, he doesn't have God. If someone ab uh, abides in the doctrine of Christ, he does have God. And so we need to be abiders. We need to encourage people to abide in Christ. John 3.36 says this, He that believeth in the, on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son hath not see, uh, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. In our culture, embracing of diversity, our flesh wants to believe in the sincerity of people. We want to believe that they're they're uh, they're very sincere when they say when they pray to statues, or they they're so sincere when they bow towards Mecca publicly in the streets of New York. Sadly, we may even rightfully say they pray more than I do. We must not put the sincerity of man above the truth of God. If a person denies the deed of uh, uh, deity and purpose of Jesus Christ, it does not. Uh, he does not know God, even if he seems even if he seems sincere. Oh, but he's so sincere, but he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't know Christ. 
He's not on his way to heaven, according to God's word. Those who reject truth concerning the Lord Jesus, Christ, Lord Jesus have no foundation on which to be secure in salvation. Truth, uh, true believers are rooted in Christ's truth. To abide in the doctrine of Christ is to abide in the uh, belief of true salvation, which is through Jesus Christ. Now, this is so important, folks. Let me tell you that churches have lost the essence of the gospel simply because one little by little by little by little by little is shaved it away to where it's totally vanished away. We need the truth. We need the complete gospel. We need the complete doctrine. It needs to be there, and we need to know it. It needs to stay the same, remain the same as it always has down through the ages. It's just as powerful today as it ever has been, and it needs to stay within our lives and be there for us. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, but there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So many churches and individuals today seek for an emotional love, disregarding the fact that real love tells the truth about Jesus Christ. It is the truth, not loving feelings, that gives us eternal relationship. 1 John 5.20 says, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us understanding that we may know him that is true. And we, have, and, that, and we are in him that is true, even in, his, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal, uh, and eternal life. And so we see the importance of following and keeping things what they are. It's not about feelings. About, it's about the word of God. It's about following through on and what God says. We also see that we have an earthly fellowship. The reward of truth is also the earthly fellowship. There are number B, or letter B, excuse me. Uh, through the bond of truth, we have the level of fellowship with others that is sweet and sustaining. We see the earlier, uh, so we saw earlier in the lesson, this bond of truth necessitates discernment for that which is, for that which is not true. John reiterates that concern with a specific instruction. So first, uh, 2 John 10 through 11 says, If there come uh, uh, any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that, he that abideth, or he that abideth, he uh, or biddeth him Godspeed is particular partaker of his evil deed. So don't partake in it. Don't build it up. Don't encourage that. And don't, don't wish him Godspeed. We understand that uh, we need to... Uh, we need to be about the gospel. We need to uh, sustain the truth. And uh, we don't need to be a part of anything that is out there. And so when a Mormon comes by, don't allow him to come into your home. And so that's about all I have to say. I have the rest of the notes there in conclusion anyway. So, But we need to pray and dismiss. And thank you for your attention. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, that we have.